This is really about being free to create what you want your life to look like. We each are our own hero. And how do we take the challenges that come our way and see those as the birth process of us becoming heroic? Can you meet that judgment that ultimately will surface with neutrality? This is the Wall Street Coach Podcast with Kim Ann Curtin. Aloha, everybody. This is Kim Ann Curtin, and I want to point you in another direction today. I want you to go to TraderCheckIn.com, and you'll find a three-minute check-in that instantly identifies your trading EQ and where you're at before you start trading that day. Please go to TraderCheckIn.com, sign up for this download, and let me know how it benefits you. If you enjoy the Wall Street Coach podcast, please subscribe to our channel and please take a time to maybe write a review on iTunes or give us a comment of what you want me to have on this podcast and who you want me to interview. Thank you for watching. Enjoy this interview now. Welcome back, everybody, to the Wall Street Coach Podcast. I'm so excited to have Shay Huang, also known as Humble Trader, on my podcast. Shay, welcome to the Wall Street Coach Podcast. Thanks for having me, Kim. <laughs> I first of all, I just love having a woman here because such a male, you know, dominated field. So right. it's just really lovely to have a woman trader on this podcast. I love the men, and it's nice to have a sister once in a while who's in yeah, a, a change of scenery. Change of scenery. <laughs> exactly. I had the very good fortune to meet Shay in person at the Traders for a Cause conference and listen to her absolutely riveting talk. And if, again, you guys may have to go through a paywall, but if you can listen to Shay's talk, that was at the Traders for a Cause conference. That was 20, 2022. It's a must listen to. Your vulnerability, your authenticity, your heart, your not covering up the challenges you've had was so inspiring. So just thank you for that talk. Yeah, thank you for all the words of encouragement. Uh, it was tough to share such a personal story, but after the fact, a lot of people came to talk to me online and in person, just saying that, oh, they felt like, you know, finally someone's talking about it and relate really much to the challenges and struggles. So, so yeah, I'm glad I did it too. But thank you for the encouragement. I mean, it takes, I think that's part of what, you know, I hope to just be advocating to people is that the authentic individual, everybody has a story. Everybody mm -hmm. has stuff that they've yeah. had to wade their way through their own hero's journey, so to speak. And I do feel so, as a coach, I've seen so many people come in and they think like, well, I'm the only one who's struggling with this. And because I'm the one hearing it all the time, I know they're not. It's like, no, yeah. everybody's struggling. So are you willing to share just a little bit about that story with the viewers now in this, you know, podcast, just because it's so, it's so powerful, Shay. Uh, yeah, sure. I think because I came from an immigrant background, so I, I immigrated to Canada from Taiwan. So, you know, the, as a first generation immigrant, it's really tough just adapting and not speaking English and making friends. And uh, my parents didn't have a lot of money. So I think, especially living in North America, after like immigrating here, it's when I really realized, hey, I need to like make some money and help out my parents and to have a, you know, essentially I want to thank them for allowing me to immigrate here. So it's very important, always being very important for me to, you know, make my parents proud and to be able to support my parents one day. And then I actually have a VFX background, meaning that I went to school as a VFX artist. And then after starting to work in that full time, I quit that job because I didn't like it and wasn't making a lot of money to day trade full time. And because I kind of gave myself that pressure of having to succeed in this and having to you know, I didn't have to, but I really wanted to make my parents proud. Um, that struggle 
Oh, first learning to day trade, I was so angry, so frustrated, did a lot of emotional revenge trading. And I was so angry at the market as well during the first year of struggle. That really, really hurt a lot during the first year where I, I will lose money just like everyone does when starting out in trading, but I'll punish myself. I'll take out my anger on other people around me. So the first one and a half years, really, I was uh, especially when I'm learning to trade, I was uh, a really angry trader, really emotional when trading in the market, as well as outside of the market. And something had to change, right? And you have to change from within. I have to first recognize that I need to fix my anger issues. And I sought help. I talked to people about my anger problems, started meditating and learning how to kind of acknowledge and take responsibility for that. And that's when I really, after that, you no, know, it didn't happen overnight, but that process of working on myself and making sure that, hey, I'm more aware of my emotions really yeah. helped in terms of, Start, I finally started to become more disciplined in terms of recognizing my emotions in trading and not let a trade kind of dictate uh, my entire day and, yeah. the, and what I feel like after markets closed. Yeah, it's beautiful. And I, I'm so excited to talk to you. I didn't even talk about your bio, so I'm going to do that now. But you just gave <laughs> a, little, a little hint to it because it is so labor intensive in the film and VFX industry. You know, the hours were already very long for you, as I understand your, you know, how you journeyed into it. And you just kind of finally at some point were like, I want to find a way out. And so that's when you discovered day trading. And one of the things, that your bio says that's so amazing is you've learned quickly that it's anything but easy and that you encountered so many days where you wanted to give up. And you talked in your bio about this moment where you had this like 20K loss and you bashed the computer and just, you know, left. <laughs> that, that must have been a hard day. But just tell us, like, after that day, how do you go back Oh, unfortunately, it's not just that one day. Um, like the whole throwing my mouse, smashing my keyboard and my monitors, that happened multiple times during my first year. But I will say, generally speaking, at first, during my first year, I would go back to trading right away, wanting to make back the money I just lost. But eventually, as I gathered, uh, hey, if I just keep trade with anger, you know, would trade with a lot of, you know, like just wanting to make the mindset of wanting to make that loss back. I'm going to lose even more. So eventually I learned that I should just take a break sometimes for a day. Sometimes if it's a big loss, according to my account size, I'll take even a whole week off after that just to regroup and just kind of reflect on my loss. Um, but I didn't realize I should do that right away. Usually when I first started losing in my first year, I always go back the next day or like the next hour wanting to make back the losses. Wow. And then the other thing too that I think is so beautiful that you speak to in your bio is that after a year of that and year and a half you just spoke of, just that you really got that trading isn't about this perfect system, but that it's about understanding psychology, trading price action, and following a structured risk management system. So... That feels to me like you learned those lessons in a relatively short amount of time. I'm sure it didn't feel short to you, but I do feel that there are traders out there. Maybe some of them are part-time, but they seem to take a longer time to get what you got in a relatively short time. What do you attribute that to? I struggled for a year and a half. I felt like that was really long, but sure, maybe there were there are people struggling for way longer. And if that's the case, props to them for staying the course and not giving up. But I think a big reason I was able to kind of stay the course instead of give up altogether is that I had a, even despite me disliking my job at the time, I still had that job. So it was kind of the source of where I kept on refunding my account capital. Gotcha. So I had that. And also I genuinely like trading. I genuinely uh -huh. like the challenge. And I was really, really motivated to, even if I wasn't making money, I want to learn how the market works, how trading works. So I genuinely enjoyed it. And I think 
you know, it, to kind of survive the first couple of years where any beginner trader is going to be losing, you, you need to really love um, the process and actually enjoy studying the markets and staying, putting a lot of hours. Like it shouldn't be a hobby. You almost have to be addicted to it at first. I, I call it a healthy addiction in the beginning. Yes. Uh, and once you become profitable, I think uh, it's you don't want to be too addicted to it. But yes. in the beginning, you kind of have to. It's almost kind of insane. Like it, yeah. It's pretty insane, right? You have to keep losing yeah. and not give up at the same time. Yeah. I, I'm just curious how important do you feel it is to like it? Like there are a lot of people we both know, especially this year has been hard, but the years prior were mm -hmm. people we have millions plowing into the place and yet they just were doing it for the money. Do you, mm -hmm. do you, especially because, and again, I keep interrupting your amazing bio, but you have a, you know, a huge community of traders. Do mm -hmm. you speak to that concept of truly enjoying the challenge as one of the foundational pieces of making sure like there's gotta be some assessment, self-assessment, like, am I cut out for this? Do you feel that's an important piece of the people need to be in? Are they surely liking it? Yeah, I think, I think you're right. This year has been tough, but for the traders who kind of been trading for a while, even before 2020, then they realize that it's part of the market cycle. For something to be so crazy in 2021, you need to have like a cool down period, whether it's, you know, this year and the entire year next year, even that's, poss that's a possibility. And you're right. Unfortunately, a lot of people who made a lot of money in the two years prior this year, they either really struggled or they just lost passion for it. And I think it's okay if you want to take a break from the market, but I think it's tough when the traders were used to use certain size in the last couple of years, and you cannot do it the same again this year. This year, you have to downsize uh, with the volume and with the, the trends sometimes being extremely choppy. But I think, you know, even myself this year, there were definitely months where I felt really frustrated. But I, I would say, you know, every other month, we have some sort of runner and we have some sort of hype, still like a smaller scale. So that still draws me back to the market. So you truly have to enjoy the process. And I think, it, you know, to this kind of market is where you might not find a, a great trade every day. Yeah. But I would say if you stick around, if you are kind of like just casually observing, there's every other week or so, there's usually something that's really exciting and worth trading. And sometimes came out of nowhere in the middle right. of the day. Totally, totally. And you've been yeah. in the markets down my right eight years? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. And you trade now full time from home and spending time doing things you love. And I just want to talk a little bit about that because mm -hmm. there are those traders who, especially that are sophisticated, that don't always prioritize the things they love. Talk a little bit about that. Did that, was that always the case? Were you always able to, once you felt you got into your rhythm, able to disconnect and take on and enjoy the hobbies that you do? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I kind of divide my days up into half first half of the day because I'm on, in Vancouver, so like the West Coast time. Yeah. First half of the day until 12 or 1 p.m. here local time is trading. And yeah. after that, when I do everything else that I enjoy. Um, so I think you need a healthy balance once you start trading full time. I would say in you know in the beginning when I was a newer trader trying to work towards consistency, I think at that time I really needed to spend the entire day or all the free time I had studying the market. And I, I would almost think that's almost essential. But once you, you get there where you're full time, where you have a rhythm, you have a routine, it's good to take time away from the market just so you, you don't get exhausted following that every single day, full time. Yeah. 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 The other thing too that you're famous for saying is in your tagline, no lamppost here. Only <laughs> Talk just a little bit about that because we both know, you know, that Lambo kind of mentality does get pushed out there a lot. Mm -hmm. So it's a, it's a fabulous tagline. It's so creative and it speaks so many volumes about what that reality is. So just where did that tagline come from? What prompted you to create it? 
Yeah, so when I first started trading, I, I definitely joined a lot of um like alerts groups or like signals. And they always have like a Lamborghini thing, like in the promotion saying that, oh, you know, look at me driving my Lamborghini and trading on my phone. So that's kind of the kind of stuff I was initially drawn to in my, like eight years ago. That's kind of what I attracted me into trading the fast money, that the luxury lifestyle. Oh, I can drive a Lamborghini. That's that's great uh, to be able to afford one one day. But I think, you know, that that Lamborghini lifestyle is kind of like a a stereotype. And I think newer traders, it's okay if you're drawn to that initially. But you have to realize trading is not about that at all. It's not easy. It's not fast. And you know, and it's really easy to lose money if you if all you think about is the profit versus like the risk. So it's definitely more intricate and more complex than just you know following some alerts and make a bunch of money right away. Unfortunately, yeah. wow. uh, well, actually, fortunately, it's not like that. Yeah, exactly. um, but exactly. the Langville lifestyle just gives people the wrong idea of what trading should be about. Yeah, doesn't it? Doesn't manage expectations at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the other part too that you spoke about in your bio, you just talked about that prioritizing risk over reward. And Mm -hmm. I'm just curious, do you feel just being the daughter of immigrants and the lifestyle that you experience coming into the country, the language, all of the challenges that anybody goes through, do you feel that informed your perseverance and or your willingness to manage risk is in my opinion, as soon as you did that year and a half in, how much of that journey that you've had just as a young girl informs your ability to be at the level you're at now? If anything, I I think um, when I first started trading, I took on way more risk than I should have. So I think, you know, because at the time I, I was so determined to make this work. And a lot of times it's it's a scary thing because yes, I think in if you decide to day trade, you should have a healthy amount of appetite for risk. Because day trading is inherently a risky business. Yeah. So I think we all need that appetite. You don't want too little, then you'll you'll be too scared to take any trades. But in the beginning you don't want too much uh, appetite for risk. Um, so I realized that early on, I was taking on way too much risk for, I had like a $2,000, $3,000 small account. I will take, you know, a thousand, 2000 shares on these penny stocks on like a dollar, $2 stock. So that was way too much. Um, so in the beginning, that's why I lost a lot of money too. And then afterwards, I, where I found out that, Hey, maybe I'm risking too much, you know, maybe losing $600 on one trade, trading a $2,000 account isn't good risk management. So that's when I really started to calculate how much I should be risking wow. um, and really keep that risk in control. But it's a healthy amount. Like I, I don't want to take no risk yes. uh, because I want to grow, but you know, it needs to be calculated where it makes sense for your trading style and your that's account size. Beautiful. Well said. It's such a delicate razor's edge of balancing act of those two mm-hmm. places, I imagine. Yeah. Right now, as you already spoke to, you know, it's a challenging market. What is your advice to the seasoned traders who are out there, probably somewhat demoralized, somewhat frustrated? What would you give them by way of words of wisdom for those that are seasoned and sophisticated that are struggling? Size down. Even for me, I had to size down a lot this year and only size back up to your regular um, regular position size. If that's a, you know, there's another hype sector coming or, you know, the market really setting a trend for reversal, especially if you're long biased. Um, so that's what I've been doing. And I really, the only time this this year where I really went back to my regular size was in August. In August we had some really nice bounce plays on a lot of and a lot of reversal moves on the on the smaller cap stocks and also the meme stocks. So that was the only month where I, I was I was so excited to trade back my regular size. But other than that, the rest of the months like today I couldn't get much going today and I, I sized way down today. I think that's the biggest thing any trader who's seasoned or brand new can really utilize this year. Yeah. And for context, today's December 1st, 2022, just so you guys can kind of track what 
Shay is talking about by way of today and the markets. You're an avid outdoors woman. You love snowboarding. You love hiking, kayaking. Uh, you're going to have to come to Hawaii one day so I can take you outrigger paddling because if you think you like kayaking, you ain't seen nothing yet. Okay. Um, but, but those sports and that athleticism and being outdoors in nature, how does that impact your trading? I think it's... It's a nice contrast because trading, you are always stuck at home looking at monitors um, and my eyes always get really drained and, and strained from looking at the stock. So I think it's it's nice. And living in Vancouver, especially in the summer, I, I do go out to the nature a lot just to just just to, you know, calm myself down and to experience something different and stay away from stocks. In the winter, I, I snowboard a lot. So it's it's nice. I think. I still chase the adrenaline, even though I'm outside nature, but I, I, I love it. You know, I think it complements this trading style a lot. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. It really is. I'm just kind of curious if there are some common trading kind of mindset misconceptions. What are the ones that you think are the most critical for traders that are new or seasoned? There are just some basic kind of misconceptions that seem to be out there and there's like a lack of clarity. Do you see because of your community, the same ones repeated? Yeah, there's a couple besides the Lamborghini lifestyle that we just talked about. A lot of new traders, when they first start trading, they are really focused on making money right away. So when so when I said earlier, oh, your size down according to account size, they'll be saying stuff like, oh, but then I cannot make money after fees. It's impossible. But I think, especially for someone brand new, you shouldn't make money the first year. First year, you shouldn't try to make money at least. Your size down, actually learn, and you know, once you can make ten dollars, five dollars, ten, fifty dollars a day, then that's when you start sizing up. But don't size up right away because that's a mistake I made. I was trying so hard to make a hundred dollars a day when was brand new. I ended up losing that like, two hundred, three hundred dollars a day. So that's not you know slow, slow and steady wins the race in trading, truly. Yes. Um, so that's what I would do. And also the whole thing about people don't want to pay for commissions. They don't want to pay fees. Mm -hmm. Trading is a business. You know, that's why I do pay commissions and I do pay expensive locate fees. But people need to tra treat trading like a business because you can spend a dollar and make a hundred versus trying to save a dollar here and make pennies. Like that doesn't make sense. Beautiful. You know, I've never heard anybody really talk about that. And that's just so important. So important. I'm so glad you spoke to that because I think there is that concept of being penny wise, but pound foolish. <laughs> yes. Right. And yeah. like, who doesn't, you know, especially I, I see traders as entrepreneurs, right? They're, it's like a, it's like a street fight. You know, you're going to work with what you got. You're going to try to be as frugal as possible, mm -hmm. but there's times when it's appropriate to invest in things without being, you know, overly Scrooge like, so to speak. Mm -hmm. All yeah, right, we're, sure. we're going to do a Twitter space now. So we're going to pause this, but okay. you guys will see us be, uh, we're going to have the audio from Twitter space at the end of this. So we're going to go over now to Twitter space. Welcome everybody to the Wall Street Coach. I'm Kim Ann Curtin's Twitter space. I'm so lucky today to have Shay Huang here, also known as Humble Trader. And we're going to have some questions from all of you for Shay. I was very fortunate to meet Shay at the Traders for a Cause conference, and I was blown away, as were all the audience members, when Shay gave her talk at Traders for a Cause. It was a heartfelt, honest kind of story about her journey as a trader and her journey just as a woman navigating all the volatile emotions that trading can absolutely kick up for any trader. And I hope that we get to talk a little bit about that today. Also, I just want to speak to Shay's amazing ability to take, I think, really complex concepts and not use jargon. She speaks straight from the hip and she just has so many followers, especially if you haven't watched her YouTube channel, please go there. She's over a million followers there, million subscribers. She has her own trading community. She's just very involved in the trading world and just really cares so genuinely about her 
the people that she encourages. She's so encouraging. And I, I really can't wait for her to share so much of her wisdom here today. So please get think, start thinking about your questions. This is a two-part episode with Jay. We just came off of a Zoom video conversation and we'll release this in a couple of weeks, all edited together. So we did 30 minutes by Zoom. We're going to do about 30 minutes today. And I really hope you guys have questions. I see some friendly faces in the room already. Shay, welcome to my Twitter space. Hi, Kim. Hi. Hello, everyone. This is cool. This is my first ever Twitter space. That's cool. Um, uh, thanks for I'm having so me. <laughs> oh, it's so nice to have you. I'm so glad you agreed to come here. As we said before, you know, I was telling everybody in the room just that we got to meet a trader for a cause. Were we the two women who spoke? I don't know. Was there another woman who spoke? Maybe one more, right? It was all men. I think, but us. yeah, on Saturday, it was just you and I. But on, on Sunday, I think there were two other women traders. Were there? Oh, good. Okay. I must yeah. have that talk. That's good. But I'm so excited to just, for once, have a sister up on the stage with me. That felt really good. And <laughs> your talk was just, I've said it before, and I know that the Traders for a Cause talk is probably going to be behind a paywall. But honestly, if you listen to no other talk but Shay's, it's worth the price of admission. Her talk has to be listened to by any serious trader because of her authenticity and the journey she's navigated. I am a trading coach, so of course, I'm a huge advocate of emotional intelligence. And part of what so spoke to me in Shay's talk is her own development around emotional intelligence. Shay, are you willing to just share with this group just a little bit about how your own journey of that self-awareness we've talked about how that seeking out more emotional intelligence has impacted you personally but also as a trader yeah i think when i first started trading i was extremely emotional and i'm just overall really angry so there were times where <laughs> during my first year of trading i'll like smash keyboards computers and i'll even take out my anger after losing the day on other people in real life around me i feel sorry for my siblings and my friends and my parents at the time so it, it wasn't it obviously was really toxic and i think you know at the end i'm just ended up punishing myself even more when revenge trading and trying to make back the losses so I think that was really the main reason. I had no one to blame but myself, really, for my first year of really, really struggling with trading, losing a lot of money every day. And I think a big part of where I finally woke up from all that anger is really recognize that I need to seek some help, help in terms of uh, my anger issues. So that's where I really talk to other people. I talk to counselors about my anger problems, talk to my family members and discuss with them in calm manner. It took a while. Like it wasn't like an overnight change. But after recognizing that about my anger and starting to look at my trading, uh, that's when I finally put in some steps in place to recognize my emotions and to have proper steps to know how to react and how to compose myself when trading and when things are tough, not to get too overly emotional and knowing when to walk away. I think that was a, a key concept. And that's when I really started putting in some discipline and risk management. But at first, I had to really work on my own emotions and my own anger issues. You know, I mean, look, we both know that this is for anyone who's doing anything that's volatile, never mind trading. Mm -hmm. And yet, not just new traders, but even seasoned, sophisticated traders have a tendency, I have heard on occasion, to kind of poo-poo the emotional mm -hmm. side. Well, I'm just not going to be emotional as if they had a choice. What do you think was your ability to face that that was a stumbling block for you? What You were still a fairly new trader, and yet that, to me, is a sign of emotional intelligence. To even notice, oh, this anger is costing me. How do you think it was that you were able to recognize and get that help? It's really amazing that you saw it so soon. Yeah, I think it's when I started journaling every day and journaling my losses. That's when I realized most of my mistakes and most of my losses were from me being 
revenge trading. So that was the biggest cause of that revenge trading, losing initially and trying to make it back. That's when I started realizing hey, that's if I, if I stop doing that, if I just recognize that I should stop trading or just stop out according to my pre-planned risk management areas, then I wouldn't have lost that much money. I would be break even during my first year. So I think tracking that journaling really helps. And also, of course, like even though at the time I was trading part time, so I had a full time job, I had my income. So that's what allowed me to kind of keep on refunding my account after blowing up. But still, you know, it's it's money that I worked really hard for during my full time job, nine to seven. So it's it's precious. After seeing how much I've lost, I realized, hey, I need to kind of be a little bit smarter about how I size and how I risk my hard earned capital. Because it's not like I can just keep on refunding uh, and not refunding my account and not feel the pressure and not feel the loss. So that's a couple of things that really helped me realize I need to change some things. Uh, it's so much to talk about. This is Shay Huang with Humble Trader. If you're not following Shay on YouTube, Instagram, or Twitter, I encourage you do. She has such a great sense of humor. I know she has a secret fantasy. She might be on Saturday Night Live one day, and I will definitely vote that you do go on Saturday Night Live one day. She has a great <laughs> sense of humor. Lots of lots of important information done in a very unjargoned filled way. Like you speak straight from the hip in so many ways, Shay. And I think that's really encouraging, not just to new traders, but to sophisticated traders too. You keep it real all the time. And I, I wish all people kept it real. So thank you for doing that. If you guys are enjoying this conversation, please do a Twitter or retweet that this space is happening so we can get more traders in the room learning from her. And this Twitter space and podcast will release in a couple of weeks on the Wall Street Coach podcast, which is my YouTube channel. And we'll have this conversation plus the 30 minutes, Shane, I got to do right before it. Curious if anybody has any questions. If you do, please raise your hands and I'll give you permission to speak and ask Shay your questions directly. One question I'm going to ask you to Shay here is, we were talking a little bit about the challenging market that's there right now. You did speak a little bit about your advice to seasoned traders, but I think it's worth repeating here with this group. What is that first piece of advice that you really feel all traders knew and sophisticated need to keep in mind during this environment? Yeah, I think this year is definitely tougher. Volume is lower. We're seeing less gappers. And when they gap up, they don't really sustain the overnight move. So I think this year, the biggest thing that helped me stay alive and still be able to survive this kind of market is a lot of traders are used to using certain position sizes from 2020 and 21. And this year, I find myself having to size down a lot more, both from the perspective of I don't want to risk as much you know, I might be able to risk a certain number last year, but this year I'm just not comfortable with it. And at the same time, that also means this year there's just less opportunities overall. Last year, there will be multiple stocks running and every other day you have new stocks to trade of all price, all various prices from two digits, single digits to three digits. This year, I think it's usually each day there's only one or two at least for my trading style that trades, for my own trading style, there's usually only one or two stocks that I can focus on. And when I trade them, I tend to downsize a lot more. And I, I usually stay this way until um, the only month that I recall this year where I really sized back up was in August. Right now it's December, so that was four months ago where we had a lot of stocks rebounding. We had a lot of kind of mean stocks bouncing, and that was great. That was the only month where I recall going back to my regular size. And the rest of the time, I think just downsize and be happy with, you know, making less. But it's still like it's still profits, profits at the end of the day. So I think that's what really helped me this year. You know, I'm just kind of curious about it's eight years you've been a trader. What has surprised you just around your own journey being in the game that long? Eight years is a long time. I know some people say, oh, it's it's not that long. But I think to survive, never mind to be <laughs> profitable and 
look, let's be honest, online managing a YouTube channel for a million people. I mean, that's a full-time job. How do you balance all of these really big kind of responsibilities that you carry? I think if anything, having a YouTube channel that's basically a business on the side really helps a lot. Because what I used to do before I started YouTube is I'll stick around the entire day to trade. And it's it's great when there's actual opportunities, but most times I realize from just observing my journal is that most times after a certain time, I just end up losing money and giving back profits from the morning. So if anything, YouTube is a healthy distraction and allows me to be more disciplined and walk away and have something else to work on. And if you think about it, if I have to if I preach about risk management in front of you know almost a million people on YouTube, then I, when I'm trading myself, I'm going to be very, very disciplined because how can I preach you stop out or like you respect your risk, respect your discipline if I don't practice that myself? So it really helped me a lot, actually. And, and if anything, it motivates me to keep going, to trade better and to show up for my followers. Yeah, it's almost like your followers are your accountability coach. Mm-hmm. They're, yeah. they're, holding, yes. they're holding you accountable to your own wisdom and, <laughs> you know, really hard-earned wisdom. And that's, you know, we talked a little bit about that period of time where you had a massive loss and any kind of loss is hard, but the big losses are even harder. What do you lean into when loss occurs not just in your trading, but just loss in general? Nowadays, I, I would take a break. So depending on the size of a loss, I will take the rest of the day off or the next day off. And if it's really bad, a whole week off, I need that time to kind of reflect and really, really recompose myself. Because what I used to do when I was newer is that I will go back to trading the next hour or the next day and try to make everything back. And that usually turns out worse. So nowadays, I'm a lot more composed. You know, I don't, I don't get that angry anymore. I get, I still feel some sort of emotions, of course, but I don't, I haven't smashed a mouse and smashed a computer in, a, in many, many years. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. I'm, I'm sure your credit cards are happy for that. Yeah. All, yes. Those mouses and those keyboards have gotten more and more expensive. Yeah, I know. You know, because of the size of your trading community and the amount of people that are so impacted by you, that sense of community, I know it's really important to you. Just talk about what community means to you and also what you feel it means to traders, the importance Mm -hmm. of it. Yeah, I think... There are so many beneficial things about being part of a community and just having a like-minded group of people who understand you. First of all, I think trading this this job, this career, this business is really misunderstood. Any normal people, like my, my family still thinks I'm gambling, right? So, so there's a lot of stigma and you can't, at least for me, with non-traders and with people who don't follow the market, it's hard for me to kind of communicate with them what I do day to day. And they always think I'm just gambling. So I think you you want to be talking about your struggles and share your wins with people who understand how hard you work and how and how hard your day-to-day life is. So that's, that's the biggest thing about having a community is to be able to share your struggles and understand that the other person is not going to judge you. They understand your wins are because you worked hard for it and at the same time they understand your losses because they've gone through the same and there's gonna be no judgment it's everyone most of the time everyone's really understanding and they're just happy to listen to your story and and share their story at the same time so i think if anything it's really good for traders mental health to have someone to talk to who understand and they are going through the exact same thing as you are I think it can be so isolating trading and it can mm. you can get kind of stuck in this place of where you feel like it's just you. Yeah. And that's that's part of all of the theme of your all of your messaging on YouTube is really to try to encourage people to know that they're not alone 
and mm-hmm. that there is an experience as a trader that's across the board, even if people don't talk about it. And that's mm-hmm. why I love to talk to traders for a cause because, you know, you're sharing one of those honest places of like, wow, anger really could sometimes get a hold of me and my trading. And mm-hmm. I know that that's the case as a coach because I listen to what people struggle with, but you just don't hear people talk about it. You don't hear people, you, they just show you all the good that happens and not the difficulty. Mm-hmm. What do you think gave you the courage to even give that talk a treasure for cause? Never mind, just share it as you do on your YouTube channel. Yeah, so that Traders for Talk speech, I'm not going to lie, it took me like two months to write because I just kept on throwing it out. I was afraid of sharing too much. And and also at the same time, I don't want to share too little because then it's not doing like my past justice kind of. So it it took a while for me to really push through and decide, okay, I want to share this much. And I'm not sure. A lot of stuff, I it's something I never talked to anyone else about. I think even my my mom, after she heard my talk, she didn't. She was like, "Oh, you didn't tell me about this. You didn't tell me you lost twenty thousand dollars." So that was the first time my mom <laughs> heard about that loss. So it was interesting. She was not happy. Even though I'm a grown woman now, she's just like, "How can you? How can you lose that much money and not tell me?" Because <laughs> like, it's, it's my own money, mom. Like I, yeah, I made it back, so it's okay. <laughs> You're, we're we're always our mother's little girl or little boy, so they just <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but what was what was that like? How did you that? <laughs> I mean, it's okay now. She knows us yeah. many many years ago, but yeah. uh, she was not happy. Even though I'm a grown woman now, she's just like, how can you, how can you lose that much money and not tell me? <laughs> to be honest, I'm glad I did it, share the story, but it wasn't yeah. easy, is all I can yeah. say. <laughs> it's, you know, I had Charles Harris on here a long time ago, and he had a talk that was on YouTube. It's called The, the Trader's Hero's Journey or Trader's Journey. And okay. he also, Shay, was just incredibly vulnerable in sharing the challenges the losses he had and Mm -hmm. those I was like so moved by his talk and I had not heard talk like that since his uh, that yours was at Trace for Cause and Mm -hmm. I just feel like god if your talk and Charles's journey like there's everybody has those stories but everybody isn't sharing them so just thank you for your courage I can't imagine it took courage to share it but in a way, I kind of think it's crazy that it asks courage because everybody's going through it. Everybody yeah. knows this is happening, yeah. but we just don't talk about it enough. And I'm just curious, too, in your trading community and those subscribers that interact with you because I'm jealous of the interaction you get on your <laughs> YouTube channel. I'm lucky I get people to write one comment. You get like conversations with <laughs> your comments. It's so active and robust. What do you see among all of those members and subscribers that they themselves, perhaps you wish you could, if you could wave a magic wand to help them see right at the, you know, get-go, what would you want them to really understand and see? I think the the first thing is kind of similar to what you said. Like they need to understand that everyone goes through the same struggles. You, you cannot become a profitable trader without losing money first. I think that's the first thing every trader needs to understand. And I think, you know, from watching the videos on my channel, most people understand that because that's kind of the fundamental thing I I say is that you should expect to lose money when you first started trading. And but you can decide how much. So that's kind of a fundamental idea. And I think a lot of people receive that quite well especially after watching my all the videos on my channel. But I think people just really won't like my videos because they relate to it. They like the fact that I don't just talk about the good. I also talk about the bad and all the emotional struggles as well. So yeah. in the comment section, usually what I'll read is that people appreciate that I'm sharing the stories and they themselves will in turn share the struggles. And a lot of times that's where they ask for my opinions. And I'm almost like a therapist sometimes on the in my YouTube comment section, just telling people, hey, it's okay, size down. Yeah. Like, I think yeah. I tell them what they already know, but they don't, a lot of times it's hard to execute on, on certain discipline practices, right? So I tell them what they already Definitely. know and they should implement. Yeah. 
Yeah. Sometimes people do know what's best for them, but it's still hard to implement it. <laughs> it's still hard to practice it. But I think part of what's so remarkable about you is that you really express empathy and understanding. Mm -hmm. And I don't, I feel like you're tough about like, there are rules and there are high kind of demands that mm -hmm. are going to be placed on you. You're very honest about that, but you also sort of teach people like, and this is going to be hard and mm -hmm. you're going to have to learn how to be empathetic or compassionate to yourself. And mm -hmm. I, I love that you kind of give the tough talk, but you also say like, and don't be too hard on yourself. You just, yeah. you balance that really nicely, Shay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think there's a, you know, a struggles, right? In trading. Like even this year is a struggle for many traders. I, I found myself struggling as well. You gotta give yourself a, a, a pat on the back sometimes just to relax and say, it's okay if this year is tough. Just stay alive for the next day, almost. Like you, you need that. And you need a community to understand and appreciate what you're going through as well. Yeah. I'm curious if we have any questions. I keep asking Shay questions, and, and I want to turn it over really to everybody here in our room. If anybody has a question, please raise your hand and let me know so I can let you go directly here to Shay to ask these questions. If you guys like this conversation, please retweet that we're having it here this two-part episode with Shay will release in a couple of weeks. My editor's a little behind. We got a, a lot of podcasts in a row, so this will probably be out in about two weeks. I had the great, you know, celebration of time a few minutes ago with Shay. We did a Zoom conversation for about 30 minutes, and that plus this Twitter space will be released on a full podcast on the Wall Street Coach podcast, which is my YouTube channel. One of the things I just want to advocate is Shay's YouTube channel. Just over a million subscribers, incredibly diverse topics. She's funny. She's entertaining. Her editing skills is, you know, above everybody else on YouTube. And that has no doubt ties back to her days in the VFX industry. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm just kind of curious that experience, because it's so labor intensive in VFX, do you feel that that prepared you for the hard work the trading asked of you? <laughs> yes, absolutely. I think look back in my VFX and film industry a couple of years with fond memories now, because I think it really prepared me for all the extra hours I had to do, all the blood, tears and sweat I had to kind of get used to in terms of trading. So I think if my job at the time, my former career was cozy and, you know, I got paid a lot, then I, there's no way I would have wanted to day trade. Like I might as well just stay in my, at my job. So I, I think I appreciate the hardship I lear learned early on. I think that it's life, right? I think trading, it's a trial by fire. And unless you kind of struggle and overcome that, you then you won't have the experience of, you know, trying to make something so difficult with such a low probability of success rate work. You kind of have to be almost be a little bit crazy to want to stick around and in this business to keep on trying to make it work. But then you also know that if you can make it work, you can come to the other side. It's really much worth it. And we're talking to Shay Huang, also known as Humble Trader. I'm Kim Ann Curtin, the Wall Street coach, my firm, and I do coaching for traders and investors and executives. We're in a conversation about a lot of things, but especially emotional intelligence. Shay is a huge advocate of the importance of emotional intelligence. In fact, you'll see even in her bio that she really understood I think an early stage, you know, she says no is about a year and a half in, which I think is very early, where she got that psychology was so important. And she did her own work on herself to make sure that was as aligned and whole as possible. I'm just curious, like what those who think, oh no, I don't have to deal with the emotional intelligence. I don't have to deal with perhaps some of my own anger issues or my own pain when I have loss. What would you say to them to potentially enroll them in the importance of it? I think the stock market and trading in general really magnifies any struggle or any issues you have inside. So I think it's almost impossible like if you are struggling with something difficult in your life or anger issues like I was when I first started trading and a lot of resentment, 
I think it's gonna come out in some way or the other. Just because the market is not designed for you to make money, it's designed to test you and to designed to really challenge your discipline. So in a way, it's good and bad because you know it's the market is not like a nine to seven job where you go to work, you make money, and you're done for the day. The market is where you can go to work for four hours, seven hours of a day, and still lose money. <laughs> so. I think, you know, to really survive long term, I'm not talking about just 2020 and 2021. I think you really need to be in tune with your emotions to stay alive in this game. I think the only people who can truly trade and survive without, you know, having to worry about their emotional intelligence are probably, you know, if you do algo trading or if you write a lot of code for that but even that then you have to adapt quietly as well but that's just another topic for another day but if we're day trading and the active momentum style of trading that i do and a lot of traders do especially the ones yeah. who attend traders for a cause i think everyone all the profitable traders have experienced some sort of loss everyone has but it's about having that emotional intelligence to come back and not make the same mistake again Yep, makes so, so much sense. All right, guys, we'll probably bring this to a close. Shay's given me a lot of time already. Unless there's anybody in this lovely Twitter space who wants to ask Shay a question, raise your hand now or forever hold your peace, as they say. <laughs> and I can't wait to share this whole conversation with Shay, with all of you. Thank you so much for coming to this Twitter space. Shay, thank you for giving us so much time. Thank you for all that you do for the trading community. You're so generous and heartfelt and you are hilarious. <laughs> I hope that Saturday Night Live wakes up and Lauren Michaels realizes, wow, I, this woman is not only a successful trader and community organizer, but she's also very witty. So my hope is that you do get a dream to come true. Oh, thank you. And thank you for inviting me on this podcast. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. This is my first ever Twitter space experience. It's, it's so great. good to have you here. I am just so happy to have met you in person at the conference, but even more excited to get to have you here and share so much of your wisdom with these traders who are working really hard and wanting to do their best. So it's you're really being such a contribution to so many. So thank you for that. Thank you, everyone. Thanks for listening. And thank you, Kim. <laughs> so welcome. Aloha for now. This has been the Wall Street Coach Podcast with Kim Ann Curtin. You can find out more about her and her team online at thewallstreetcoach.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please consider leaving a five-star review on iTunes. Thank you for listening.